With Rory, you want him to do well and you get frustrated more often than not because it's mercurial mm. as to when it actually catches fire. Mm. And when it does, it's all over. Hey there, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Now, in January, I sat down with Shane O'Donoghue, host of CNN's Living Golf. You can check out the full episode by scrolling back a few episodes, and you'll find Shane there. But at one point of the conversation, we got very deep about Rory McIlroy, someone that Shane knows quite well. We talked about the way his mind works, how he's dealt with some of the low points of his career, and if he's possibly in line to win the Masters this month which would be for the first time and would give him a career Grand Slam, which he desires so, so much. It's a 10-minute insight into the mind of one of Ireland's most successful sporting exports. Enjoy. Golfers, did you, did you get to know Rory a little bit, making a video about him or a film about him, a short film about him? I've done a lot with Rory, mm. you know. Because um, I find him... I think he is a a compelling character yeah. for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Um, oh boy, how will I put this? I haven't done that much thinking about it and you have, so I'll try and jump in with you. Um, okay, let's just start from somewhere else. A lot of golf is Trumpy. Yeah. A lot of American golf is Trumpy, it's Republican. Full of it, yeah. And it's conservative. It's totally. always been conservative. Oh no, completely. But now it's Trumpy conservative. Yeah. Rory, I'm not going to say what politics he is, I don't know. But he's clearly not Trumpy conservative. Well, given what he's had to handle in Ireland, I mean, you know, there's been so much politics with regard to that. The fact that he's a Catholic, the fact that he's Northern Irish, the fact that he kind of was developed and honed in Irish golf, but yet there was always this question as to whether he would declare for Britain. Yeah. Because he said a few things, you know, and, you know, he was put under pressure by a lot of people from a very early stage with regard to who would you play in the Olympics for and this kind of stuff, you know, and that's just journalists looking for a headline or whatever. But it led him down kind of a dark path. But this is an interesting thing about being, oh, what I would call a self-aware person. And he is. That's what I mean. And I mean self-aware in a a good way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose we have self-aware in a negative sense where you're... you're, Uh, And then there's self-conscious, which is more shy and and think He's self-aware. He is aware of what he's saying. He's aware of who he is. He is, seems to me to be quite, 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 and quite, quite intelligent. Oh, he's, he's highly intelligent. Exactly. And Mario. of course, that leads you into places where you go, no, I'm going to say something about this, or at least I'm going to express myself about this. And, he and very then much the moment does. you do, yeah. they're out with the, with the yeah, sharpies. Yeah, totally, yeah. But the, the thing about him is that he is, he's a, an enigmatic sort of figure, but a lot of people, you know, they, they, they love so much about him that they give him a pass to a point. Americans, Nobody's burying him. You know what I mean? No, and but he, Americans you know, love him. And he he has, he has opened up a few cans of worms. Like He in, has, in his but time. Americans love him because um, he is talent flying free. Yeah. He is a free talent. When he plays in full swing. Oh, yeah. His talent expresses itself in a way that is almost tangible off the screen to oh, people totally, who are watching. Yeah. And they're going... Yeah. That's me on fire. Yeah, he brings you in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You are with him. You can feel you him. You share it. Yeah. Because, sh- you know, it you're is, sharing it. it's almost a tactile thing. You can, you can feel this energy from him. He's sharing his emotions and he's bringing you on the roller coaster with him. But it's kind of a, a, it's kind of a genius that he emits. 
Yeah, but he is. Yeah. He's the, a golfing the, genius. That's right. So, but it's, the, it's that that's coming off. That's, that's tangible. Yeah. That you get this thing of, he's on it. He's yeah. on it. He's in, he's in touch. He's got yeah. it. He's, he's, he's touching something. Yeah. And you can feel it. And his shoulders are up and his chest is out. And you can feel it. it doesn't. And you, you see him and you walk. He's walking up to the next ball. He's going to put it to two feet from yeah. 260 yards. Exactly. I know it. Yeah. And then he'll do it. Yeah. It's that kind of almost yeah. mythical, magical quality. What's, what's his issue? <sighs> Too much talent, really. Does work hard but is not ruthless enough, maybe. But it does come out. You know what I mean? You saw the emotion at the end of the Ryder Cup where he had failed to deliver. He managed to win his singles on the final day, but, you know, Europe had lost. He needed to be a talismanic figure. You know, they consider him a leader. He's, you know, he's a leader in the the locker room. And, you know, people respond to him. But if he's not actually walking the walk as well as talking the talk it's game over. You know what I mean? So they they needed him to lead and he didn't on Thursday and Friday uh, or Friday and Saturday, should I say. And, you know, the European team was weaker anyway than the Americans. The Americans had six picks. They had guys on form. They had a lot of young guys, you know, who've won majors or proven talents and were finally coming together as a team, right? And the Europeans just didn't have it. And it wasn't anyone's fault, but, you know, Rory could have done better. And so I think, you know, when he emoted at the end and he was tearful, it was like fantastic. You know, it's you feel for him you, and you want him to succeed. You know what I mean? And he goes out and he then rips it in Las Vegas two weeks later. Um, you know, and uh, I don't know, there's just something... Um, it's... So let me, just, let me just get this right. With Rory, you want him to do well. And you get frustrated more often than not because it's mercurial as mm. to when it actually catches fire. Mm. And when it does, it's all over. And it's that's what all I'm, over. I know it's all over because there's nobody who can stay with him. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like, I've seen it up close, but I've seen it, I've seen it in him as a kid. You know, he, he's the ultimate show off. You know, he likes celebrating his practice, celebrating his gift. Yeah. But, you know, when you're making the money that these guys make mm. and you've got your own private jet and, you know, you're being interviewed from one end of the week to the next and you're having to qualify now how you're trying to help the carbon footprint with your private plane. I mean, you know, this kind of stuff. It's just bonkers. It's like, the you know, Leonardo DiCaprio trap. Yeah, you're you're talking about... You're talking. You're making films called "Don't Look Up," and yeah. you're talking about carbon footprints. And then you know, yeah. you're, you're then you spend the weekend <laughs> on a two billion um, ton yacht, which is demolishing up every yeah. single fossil fuel. I know. So, like, I mean, look, we want Rory to do. I mean, mm. Rory has to, has nothing to prove to anyone. Yeah. All he needs, obviously, is to win the Masters to complete the career slam. Yeah. What do you think? Do you well, think he I will think win the Masters? Can, yeah, and he knows he can win it. Oh, know? I know he can win it, but can, will he though, do you think? You'll well, it's getting it. it's getting tougher every year. It is. Um, and I was there in 2011 when, you know, he imploded with a four-shot lead going into the final round. There I am, like my first year in CNN. I'm thinking, I am going to have one exclusive here. It's going to be fantastic. I, I was coming up with all sorts of different concoctions and um, little kind of history notes about Rory, you know, getting his first green jacket as a 14-year-old, you know, playing for the Irish boys team. And now he's getting the ultimate green jacket, the one he's always wanted. And uh, he completely implodes and Charles Schwartzel and there 
I'm interviewing Charles fucking Schwartzel on the Sunday evening, you know, and he finished with four birdies. Who he gives did. a shit? You know what yeah. I mean? Fantastic. Good for you. It was a brilliant performance, yeah. but it was very deflating. And then 70 days later. US Open. I'm in Congressional and uh, he's, he's in good spirits and he just took off. But the thing about happened in Congressional was almost, was, was, was deeply emotional for anybody who likes sport. Forget golf. Yeah. For anybody who likes sport mm. to see the redemption of a young boy yeah. who had 22 years of ripped, age, who had his heart ripped out of his yeah. chest. Yeah. And then he goes into the US Open and he just goes, goodbye, everybody. Yeah. I'm out of here. All over. I'm just taking flight. Yeah. I mean, and I, his, his talent was just uh, given full reign. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And so, you know, I got to interview him after all these major wins, which is like a unique experience, let's face it. But on that particular occasion, it's his first major and I'm there with him, you know, and we just did this whole thing, you know, 70 days. What happened from the time you left Augusta to just turning up here in Bethesda, Maryland and winning the US Open? What happened? And he... He'd spoken to different people. Pe- different people had reached out to him. Greg Norman. He, he'd let it go. Fergie, you know, a lot of the people, you know, all these amazing, you know, Alex Ferguson kind of was ringing him, you know, just yeah. trying to help him process this kind yeah. of thing, you know. No, but he'd let it go. He had completely let it go himself, yeah. which, you know, goes back to the genius in him. He was able to process it. But anytime I've interviewed him now in recent years, and he's sort of kind of disappointed at the Masters. You know, he's come close on a couple of occasions, but never really um, threatened. He's figuring it out all the time. He believes that he will win it. So, yeah. you know, my, my money is on Rory I to know, win it. But like anybody who has even a passing interest in, in golf will, will, would see the kind of uh, an average curve there. He's talking himself out of it. He's tried talking himself up. Yeah, I know. He's tried talking himself down. Correct. He's tried going, he's tried uh, pra- practiced, this practice thing of talking himself in the middle, yeah. which is the worst. Yeah, I, I don't know. think he even made the cut. I was talking about it books he was reading and all just, this. But like, shut up. I know, but he is, he's, he's so open to the mm, questions. Yeah, that's and right. That's what makes him attractive as well. You know, and they, like he does, he hosts these sessions, yeah. you know what I mean, which are scheduled, yeah. but they, they invariably last 45 minutes or longer. And that's where we left that particular part of the chat. Thanks again to Shane O'Donoghue. Make sure to check out my full episode with Shane in January. Just a few inches down the podcast feed there. It's called Shane O'Donoghue Talks Tiger, Trump and Tuberty. Uh, He met Trump several times, by the way, as well, which is very interesting. The hilarious Paddy Cullivan, satirist and lead leader, a band leader of the Camembert Quartet, is my special guest on the next episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. It's really well worth a listen. See you over there. Bye.